Good morning, Horizon family. You're all looking good this morning. Welcome to our guests that are here for graduation. You've come to celebrate someone who's finishing a chapter. And it might feel like the end of something, but it's just the beginning. So congratulations again to our, our grads. I want to speak to you this morning about something that has been on my heart for the last couple years. And I believe that this morning there's just going to be some incredible breakthrough for all of us. Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt that there's the things that are going on around you is just too dark? It's too hard to pull back from. Like it's too late for you. The time has passed you by. Or maybe you feel like it's passing you by right now because kind of some of the things you wished you could have done, you haven't been able to do yet. Sometimes you might feel like there's chaos all around you. Well, this morning, I want to share a scripture with you in a message out of Ezekiel chapter 37. And it's about the valley of dry bones, the story of the valley of dry bones. If we can put it up, I'm going to read that scripture this morning. It says, the Lord took hold of me. And I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around amongst the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones be living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Yeah, nice cop out, Ezekiel. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves into complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscle and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. And I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies, and they all came and stood on their feet, a great army. And I believe that that's a message that God is speaking to us right now. Come, O breath of heaven. We just went to our national conference a few weeks ago. And, I, and from there and other places that we've been, other preachers that I've heard speaking, I really believe that this is a timely message that God is speaking to the church right now. That the, he is desiring to cause his church to come alive for such a time as this. I still believe that the church is God's plan to reach the broken to bring healing to our cities and our nation. I still believe that God desires to use us, each and every one of us, to make a difference in the lives of those around us. That regardless of where we are, where we've been, what we've done, or what we've seen, that the time is now and it's never too late to be used by God. We are literally in a season where God is calling for all hands on deck. He's sending out a call. Will you respond and be that army that he's raising up for such a time as this? 
You know, anyone can look around and can see the problems. Anyone can look at that valley of dry bones and see the death and the destruction. Anyone can see the hopelessness even in our world right now. You read that verse, it's kind of like what we see going on in our world right now. It seems like there's darkness everywhere we turn. But God is calling us to have a different perspective. We need to have a God perspective. We need to be kingdom people that look around and we don't just see the problems or the issues, but we actually see the possibilities of what God wants to do. Because when we see what others can't see, we can do what others can't do. When we see with eyes that others aren't looking at situations with, we can do what no one else around us is able to do. The time to step out in faith, family, is now. The, we, are, we have been in a season of preparation and teaching. But I fully believe that we are now entering a season of activation. That we need to take a step of faith, even if it's with fear and trembling, into the new things that God is calling each and every one of us to do. That we all have a place. We all have a, a part to play. But you know, unfortunately, I think that there's so many of us that have struggled with disappointment of challenges of everyday life. We get so caught up in the busyness of our schedule and, and oh my goodness, Sunday's here again. And okay, God, this is going to be a different week. And all of a sudden, you're hustling through your week and another week has passed. And then all of a sudden, 22 years have passed and your daughter's getting married. How did that happen? I really am not so sure about that. It's two weeks away, people. 13 days. But we need to pause and we need to take a moment so that we're ready for the activation that God is bringing. Did you know when God led Ezekiel to that valley, it wasn't by accident. God wasn't lost. He had a purpose and he had a plan. And I believe that you're not here by accident today. I believe that you're not part of this church family by accident. You are here because God has need of you today to bring a message of hope to a very lost and broken world. I believe that today God is going to breathe some fresh wind into our spirits. I believe that God is going to bring some breakthrough and some release today. I believe that God's going to breathe on some dreams and some hopes that have been in our lives. And for some of us, five years, might be 10 years, it might be 40 years, that there's something that you, you felt God spoke to you, even as a child, and you prayed, and you said, God, just use me. And you feel like that dream or that vision or that hope has died. And today God is going to bring and blow a fresh wind of Holy Spirit and bring to life some things that have been dormant for far too long. God took Ezekiel to a place of seeming devastation. It was a graveyard. It was a bunch of dead, dry bones. But he did it so that he could shift Ezekiel's perspective. So that he could teach Ezekiel how to see from not a natural what you see in front of you, but from a higher perspective of God's of what he was going to do. God was setting him up and it was so great. Now, I do not have a green thumb. I love plants. I love flowers. 
although my daughters tend to get more flowers these days than I do, but, you know, that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> hey, I got the mic this week. But I love flowers. They're so beautiful. And I fully intend every time I get a new plant to just, you know, cause the beauty to come out. And every time, the good intentions don't last that long. I have some right now I'm barely keeping alive so that we can have them at my daughter's wedding. I'm going to be honest. Two more weeks and then who knows what's going to happen in the summer. But I want you to take a picture, a look at this picture of this plant. This is how I take care of plants. So on the, this side here, I fully intend, I walk, this plant was in my office. I'd walk by it every day. And I'd think, what a beautiful plant that is. And then I'd walk in one morning and the leaves are literally all laying on the table. And it's like, oh, shoot, I did it again. I totally forgot to water that thing. On the outside, it looked so good. But it was dying. It was starving. It was desperate for water. And I did not intend to practice resurrection that often that I would take it to the point of death and see, can it come back to life one more time? That was not my intention, honestly. But it just happened. And last summer, my daughter, Annika, took this poor soul into her room. And she obviously does not have my black thumb, for which I'm thankful, because her room is full of green plants. Notice I think it's strategically placed so that I can't actually get close to them because they, they thrive in her room. And she took this plant into her room, and she came out, and she said, Mom, I didn't know that plant had flowers. I said, neither did I. I had it for four years, and it didn't flower once. But I think often our lives can be like that plant. One day we look fine, we look alive, we look like we're thriving. And often we come to church on Sunday morning and we all look so good. Life is fine. But what we're not showing is that on the inside, there's a battle going on. We're dying on the inside. Maybe it's your marriage that you're struggling with. Maybe your kids, you haven't heard from them for years. Maybe you have a coworker at work that's literally driving you insane. Maybe it's your own children are driving you insane. But the anxiety, the depression that you've lived with for years, as it becomes more and more unbearable, eventually we look like that plant on the left. Eventually it looks like there's no life. We're withered, hopeless, feeling like there's no hope, there's no life. And that's when God wants to come in and he wants to breathe his life. You know, there have been seasons, you can take that down, thank you. There have been seasons in my life where I have not only felt lifeless and useless, but hopeless. Hopeless that some of the dreams in my heart were never going to be realized. When I graduated from high school, I had two main hopes. I wanted to be a mom one day, and I wanted to be used by God. I wanted to go into ministry of some kind. I didn't know what that looked like. Back in that day, if you wanted to go in ministry as a woman, it mostly meant that you had an opportunity in missions. And I, I loved to travel. I hadn't done a lot, but I loved to travel. So I thought, okay, I love to travel. I love Jesus. I want to be used by him. Missions. So as I, when I graduated from high school, that was my plan. I was going to take a time, a short season. I was going to go and do some short-term missions. But everything I tried to do would not work. I did all the right things. I talked to my parents talked to my pastors, I prayed about it, I thought, okay, I'm going to do what every good Christian who wants to do missions does, I went to Missions Fest. 
Because let me remind you, this was the day before the internet. Yes, I am that old. And there was no way to find out what was even out there. I went to Missions Fest. I grabbed, some of you younger ones might not know what these are, but they're, they're brochures. And they actually tell you all about what they're going to do. And then I wrote letters by hand to these organizations in Eastern Europe. And I was, I just want to go. But the door never opened. The timing wasn't right. The funds weren't right. I didn't hear back from them. And I began to get more and more hopeless thinking, God, maybe I missed you. Maybe there's, there's nothing special about me and, and maybe you don't want to use me. So fast forward several years. Uh, my husband Craig and I are now on Vancouver Island doing ministry together. And all of a sudden, opportunities for missions finally came for my husband. Not me. And he really didn't even have a burning desire to go. Let's be honest. And it's not that I wasn't happy for him. I was actually very happy that he had the opportunity. But there might have also been a small part of me that had a slightly negative attitude uh, towards the Lord. I don't need a big amen from the front row on that one. Thank you very much. But it's true. I'm like, God, I thought you called me. I thought you had need of me, that you wanted me to do something for you. And I prayed about it. I went to Missions Fest. Did you not see me there? And now it's like the dream's dying again. It was almost like rubbing salt in the wound. And I felt useless and hopeless again. And you know what? The Lord had to have a few conversations with me in all honesty. I love my kids and I'm so thankful I had the opportunity to stay at home with them when they were younger. But there were moments where there was that thing inside me that felt like there has to be more than this. And I want to encourage any ones of you that have small kids right now, you are in a season and a time. And look for where God wants to use you in that place. Because God really had to tap me on the shoulder and say, Shanda, the most important thing right now is you are leading these kids. Your missions field is right here, right now. The most important thing you can do is put your time and energy and prayers into them. Did I always have a good attitude about that? No. Let's be honest. Toddlers take a toll. But as I got myself squared around and I began to just trust that if God had given me that dream, I was going to eventually one day see it. You see, I firmly believe the promises of God. I believe in the power of his word. At my graduation from high school, one of my pastors had written in my card, Jeremiah 29, 11. And many of you here today are familiar with that verse, but that was actually the first time I had seen that passage of scripture. And it came alive for me. It's actually become one of my life scriptures. It impacted me so powerfully to know that the God who created the universe saw me and had a plan all laid out and ready for me to walk in. He had a dream. He had a hope. He had a plan for my life. In the New Living Translation, it says this for Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. There is nothing that he hasn't already prepared in advance, it says in Psalms, for me his daughter to walk into. And the same is for each and every one of us here today. It says here that his plans, not only does he have plans, but his plans for me are good. 
His plans are to prosper me, another version says. I love how it says it in the message version. I'll show up and I'll take care of you as I promised. And I will bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. I have plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. And you know, Jeremiah was speaking. He was alive at the same time as Ezekiel. They were both prophesying to the people of God that were in captivity. And he addresses their greatest desire right there. I will bring you back home. They were homeless. They had no place to call home. They had no family. And you know, regardless of what your situation might look like around you right now, you need to know that God is going to show up, that he knows what he's doing, and that he will take care of you this morning. And as I looked at my life through this lens of faith, believing in God's plans for me, and that they were good, and if I had a good desire doing missions, I thought God was going to approve of that. Why did he not open the door? Why are others being given the opportunity for something I so desperately want to do? But once again, the dream died. You know, in John 12, 24, it says, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels and a plentiful harvest of new lives. Sometimes the dream or the thing we've been hoping for, the fruit that we desire, we can't see it realized until that dream first dies. For me, I wasn't ready. I know that now, looking back. But I don't know why. Maybe I'm sure I would have responded right. Maybe, I don't know. Why did the door not open? Maybe if, it, if I had gone on a short-term mission, I never would have come home. And I never would have met the man of my dreams sitting in the front row. And I wouldn't have three beautiful children. I recently, someone, a, mute, a friend was telling me that uh, there's someone who I used to work with 20 years ago. And we've recently reconnected and she saw me a, f a few weeks ago and she told another mutual friend, I, I used to work with Shanda and she was quite shy and quite quiet. Like, I'm not sure who this person is, but this is not the same person. I'm sure my husband, you know, intercedes for that quiet person to come back some days. <laughs> but let me tell you, God delights in pouring his gifts out over his children. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In 2010, we went through a really difficult season. You've heard us talk about it many times before. It literally felt like an atomic bomb had been dropped on us, and all you could see was death and devastation. It felt like... Okay, the dreams for ministry and doing something for God are completely dead now. There's nothing left. Through no fault of our own, all ministry, relationship, family, home, everything was washed away in a moment. But can I tell you what the enemy intended for evil in that moment? God so turned it around and used it for his good. That was God preparing. Yeah, thank you, Lord. God was preparing that to be a launching point for the realization of so many dreams that we had been praying into and believing for decades to see. It was finally time to speak some life to some dead bones. And I want to encourage you today that whatever you find yourself in today, whatever the landscape might look like around you right now, that God is right there in the middle of it with you.
I want you to know God does not cause pain. He does not cause destruction. But there are things that just go on and happen in this life, and we can be stumbled, and and the enemy wants to bring destruction to your life. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God comes to bring life. So in that moment, if that's what you're facing right now is that valley of death and destruction, can I encourage you that if you are willing to allow him, God will take what the enemy intends for evil, and God will use it for your good. Because in 2010, near the end of that year, finally, God opened a door for our family to do a three-month missions trip to Fiji and Tonga. And that was just the start. In 2012, I was able to lead my first team to Costa Rica. Since then, I've been able to do ministry with my husband in Mexico, Thailand, Uganda, Ghana. There's been so many opportunities. I have traveled more in the last six years than I have in my entire life. Not because I'm special, but because I believe the promise of his word. That he put a desire in my heart. And it was just a matter of timing for the, for the fulfillment of that. His timing is perfect. And if he's done it for me, can I tell you this morning, I know he's going to do it for you. God is so good. I really believe today that God is going to breathe on some old dreams and cause some of us to come alive. To come alive for the first time. Maybe you've never dreamed. Maybe you've never stopped to ask God, why am I here on this planet? Today's your day. Why not you? Why not now? It's time to dream again. You know, when God brought Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones, Ezekiel didn't get caught up on the why. It would have been very easy to get caught up on the why. He actually responded with, okay, God, what's next? You know, for us, when we kind of got rocketed off the island, no fault of our own, ended up over here, it would have been so easy to focus on why did this happen? God, we didn't didn't do anything. Why does everything that we know, did it get ripped out from underneath us? I know it sounds dramatic, and yes, I am the dramatic one in the family, but it felt like an atomic bomb had dropped on our lives and there was nothing left. But if we had got caught up on the why, we wouldn't be where we are today. We would not be standing here as leaders in this church. The enemy would have taken us out. There was something that rose up in our spirits that said, okay, God, I believe that you are real. And I believe that you love me and you have a purpose and a plan for my life. So even though with my natural eyes right now, all I can see is death and destruction, I know if I shift my perspective to yours, and if I focus on what's next, there's got to be something great that you have in store for us. So where do you find yourself today? Are you like Ezekiel when he first arrived at that valley of dry bones? Is all you can see around you death and destruction? You know, where you see only death and dryness, God sees potential and order. What is impossible for us on our own is more than possible with God. You know, it says in verses 1 to 3, the Lord carried Ezekiel. He led him. There was purpose and there was a plan. I, I can imagine Ezekiel might have been wondering, like, oh, I'm so excited, God. You're talking to me about you've got an answer for our captivity. And where do you do? You take me to a graveyard. Like, Lord, do we need GPS maps or Google Maps here? Because I'm not sure this is not looking like the answer that I thought that you were going to be bringing. 
you know, first of all, we need to trust that he is leading us. Even when around us in our natural life, everything looks dry and lifeless. If we trust him, he will not only lead us to the answer, but he will lead us to the promise. God specializes in leading us to those dead, dry places. So if you find yourself there right now, maybe ask God to shift your perspective. Ask him to show you why you're in that place. Because he has more confidence in you and your abilities than you could ever think. Maybe you find yourself in the middle of delay. This is the one where the attitude check usually comes in. Because where you might be confused and find confusion, God sees order and process and structure. No delay is a waste if we will trust. There are things that if we allow him, God will teach us and work out in us along the journey that can only happen through delay. There are things that I learned over the last 25 years in what felt like delay that I probably could not have learned any other way. So can I encourage you this morning, if you feel like you've been in that season of delay, for some of us it's like a day or a week. For some of us, we're a little bit hard-headed, it might take a little bit longer. But embrace the process of delay because if you will, God will teach you in the midst of that. You know, the Israelites, when they were delivered from Egypt, they took a 40-day journey. Did you know that? It was actually only intended to be a 40-day trip. And they turned it into a 40-year trek. God wasn't lost. Again, God doesn't need Google Maps. God knew where the promised land was. But there was something that had to happen in that delay. You see, the Israelites, the majority of them actually ended getting killed off in the desert because they were not willing to embrace the season that they were in. I've heard it said that you can take the children of Israel out of Egypt, but you couldn't get Egypt out of the children of Israel. They had spent generations as slaves with a slave mentality, and God had a new thing for them. He wanted to establish a new work and a new ground and a place where they could step in with authority, but they weren't willing to embrace the process, and so they had to go around that mountain one more time for 40 years until they were finally, there was a new generation that rose up and said, we will take the mountain. Abraham and Sarah. They waited 25 years from the promise of Isaac until they saw the fulfillment. Timing is everything. But before God could breathe life into the dry bones, they first had to come together. In this season of delay, it's often, you know, we've been to Africa, we've done some safaris, and I can picture this valley of dry bones in my mind. He's speaking to the valley and he's commanding the bones to come back together. Well, unfortunately, when there's a valley of dead bodies... It's not always neat and tidy. You know, we don't, like, line the bodies up. I've seen the kills in Africa, and when you're fighting for food, you might rip off a leg and take it over there and eat it, and maybe the arm goes over there. Like, who knows? Like, the bones get scattered everywhere. So there was confusion and disorder in that valley. But as God began to speak and God began to move, as the season of delay was over and God began to breathe some new life, he began to bring order and structure to those dreams and that hope that they were looking for an answer for their people. And how many of us in that season of delay, you feel like, oh, I'm just going to sit here with a bad attitude because God could have done something, he should have done something, and we give up. Maybe God's trying to attach some bone back to bone. 
Maybe God's trying to build a little muscle. He wants to teach us how to press in a little bit harder in prayer. He wants to begin to teach us how to begin to speak faith into some situations that look dead. And, you know, when you're working out physically, there's actually a little bit of pain and there's a little bit of stretching that has to happen. And God may be wanting some of us to embrace the season of delay and begin to put some effort into it from our side so we can embrace what he's trying to do on his side. Because when God says it's time, it's time. And when he speaks life to you and commands you to speak to that dead, dry place, something happens. Will we be like Sarah today who laughed and said, God, that's not possible. How can I have a child? I'm so old, it's not even possible. Or we will, be like, will we be like Ezekiel? And will we speak life where we can only see death with our eyes? We have to act in faith before we will see the fulfillment of the miracle. There's so much power in our words. But we have to speak it before God will do it. You know, many of us need to be praying and speaking the promise, not the problem. I think for many of us here today, if we just change that one thing, you would be amazed at the shift you would see in your world around you. If we stopped speaking about how bad everything is and how bad the situation is, and if we began to prophesy to it and speak to it and began to declare things that aren't as though they already were, how do you talk about your marriage? How do you talk about your kids? How do you talk about that coworker at work? Are you unintentionally speaking death over yourself? Speaking death over your situation? Oh, my stupid husband, I wish he would just get it together. I wish he'd bring me flowers more often. Are you declaring things over? Okay, maybe I need some deliverance prayer. I'll have to get some people to pray for me after. Uh, maybe I'll preach over here. But what are you speaking unintentionally over your life? There's so much power in our words. God said, let there be light. He didn't think it. He didn't just write it down. I think it would be a good idea if we had light in this world. No, he said, let there be light. And we need to speak life because you know what? God can't bless it until we stop cursing it. I heard a story, Pastor, uh, Dr. Michael Maiden, a pastor down in Arizona. Him and his family went through hell. It was, I mean, it, what we went through looks like nothing compared to what their family went through. And as a result of that season, his son uh, ended up in drugs and alcohol and addiction. And was, his life was devastated. For seven years, him and his wife prayed for their son. Prayed faithfully. God, you've got to do something. You've got to show up. And one night as they were praying, God tapped him on the shoulder and said, Michael, I need you to stop praying everything that's wrong with your son to me. I want you to actually begin to pray for him as if he's already walking in freedom. And it was like a light went off and him and his wife began to pray differently. God, I thank you that our son is walking in the destiny that you've called him to. Lord, I thank you that he is healed, delivered, and set free. Come on, family. Some of us need to grab a hold of this and begin to change how we're praying. Begin to thank him for what he is doing and what he's already done. Do you know one month, 
One month later, after changing how they prayed, their son was healed, delivered, set free, walking in wholeness. That is the God that we serve. You know, where we see only death, God sees life. Where we see no solution, God sees possibility. Where we see only disorder, God sees order. And where we see only dead dreams, God sees the answer for our dreams. Where we see only hopelessness, God sees the hope for our nation. Fam, if you can stand with me. I fully believe that we as a church and that the church and the body of Christ are in an Ezekiel season. I really feel this is a season that we're in. I feel like we as a church have been in a season of preparation that God has been bringing order and structure to us as individuals. It's why we have things like Grow Track. It's why we have classes like about hearing God. It's why we have set free retreats. We've been in a season of preparation. But the greatest risk that we face is right now. Because we could get comfortable. We've seen some amazing testimonies of salvation in this house this year. And we celebrate that, we do. We've seen some amazing and heard some amazing stories of how God has literally given a 12-year-old boy with a death sentence a brand new heart. We've seen and we've heard testimony of some amazing things, but family, God is not done with us yet. We can celebrate the good, but God is raising up a people who will be world changers in their workplace, in their homes, in our cities, and in our nation. And I believe this morning God is calling us to look at things like Ezekiel, that we would look at things from God's perspective and we would begin to call life and speak life into some very dead places. God is looking for a people who will prophesy life to the darkness. What is your dream this morning? What is your God dream? I feel like this morning there's some here that you've had dreams in your heart and you've actually come to the place where you question whether you even heard God correctly because you've given up on the, the thought that maybe God could do anything in you or through you. Can I tell you today, if you're still drawing breath, he still has need of you. And we, as I was saying, it's, it, we're, I feel like we're in that state where God had put the bodies back together, the skin, the flesh, the tissue, they're standing there. And we could stop right there and say, God, what an amazing miracle you've just done. Well done, you. But there was one thing missing. There was no life. There was no life. God is waiting for us to be, now speak to some of those dreams and some of those situations. Because you know, it's interesting. God was there. God led Ezekiel to that place of death and destruction. And God could have spoken to the bones and said, come on. But God didn't do that. God said, Ezekiel, this is your generation. This is your people. This is the answer that you need to see in your life and in the lives around you. So are you willing, Ezekiel, to take a step of faith and go beyond what you can see? And are you willing to speak life 
to some dead situations. And I believe God's saying that today. Are you willing to take a moment out of your busy schedule and to pause and say, okay, God, I believe you're alive today and I believe that your plans for me are good. So Lord, what is your assignment? What is the dream that I've actually totally forgot I had? Because, Lord, I'm still breathing life, so obviously you still have need of me. What is it that you want to breathe life on today? Family, can you bow your heads? If you're in this place this morning and as I was sharing and as we were in worship, if you felt like, I don't know who this Jesus is. I don't know who Jesus is that can bring life to dry, dead places within me. Can I tell you this morning about Jesus? A man who sacrificed his life so that we could walk in freedom and healing. And this morning, if you would like to know Jesus, it's as simple as acknowledging that you're a sinner. Each and every one of us have fallen short of what God would have for us. And if you acknowledge that that's you and you confess and say, Lord, forgive me for where I've made a mess of things and I've tried to live my life without you and you ask him, he will come and he will fill you this morning. If you're in this place, we're not gonna make you do anything crazy, but I would like you to just lift your hand right now. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I would love to pray for you this morning. On my left, your right, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, just lift your hand this morning center section to my right your left if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior today is your day thank you Lord Jesus Father I thank you for each and every person here I thank you Lord that you bring freedom and you bring salvation Lord, I pray that right now that anyone here that doesn't know you, that has a desire to walk in a new way and walk into freedom, that they would just open their hearts to you fully this morning, Lord. And for those that are here this morning, if you say, I'm in that dead, dry place, I feel like I've kind of stalled out or I've forgotten that I'm here with a purpose, I want you to just lift your hand this morning. I believe that the wind of Holy Spirit is just going to blow through here this morning because structure without life is just a great statue. 